Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Evangelist Justin Cooper coming to today from somewhere along the Revival Trail. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I trust and hope you're having a great day today. I hope that you're doing something to advance the cause of Christ. I hope you're doing something to lift high the blood-stained banner and to bring glory to His name. That is one of my favorite songs. Down at the cross where my Savior died. Down where for cleansing from sin I cried. There to my heart was the blood applied glory to his name. And I promise you this, there's no athlete that deserves that glory. There is no entertainer that deserves that glory. There is no businessman nor politician that deserves that glory. There is no preacher that deserves that glory. That glory is reserved and due only to the name that is above every name, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I trust you're having a great day today, walking uh, in the Spirit, studying the Scripture, spending some time in prayer. And I tell you this, there is nothing better than being born again. We get all of this and heaven too. We are spoiled as God's children. He's better than good to every single one of us. We have been studying in the book of Ruth, and I'll be picking back up in that book today. And we are going to enter into Ruth chapter number two. And as we begin Ruth chapter two, I'll give you a little bit of a review. In Ruth, we're looking at a love story. It's a story of redemption. Now remember that word redemption. Redemption is to buy something back at a price. Honestly, it is the price paid for one who is in bondage. And we read in this story a story of redemption. There's a girl in this story that starts off a stranger but ends up in the family. She starts off broken and ends up blessed. She starts out a widow with a dead husband. The story ends with her married again to a better husband. And in this story, there is a great picture of grace and a great picture of the gospel. And God has given us this Old Testament tale of Ruth to paint for us a picture of our New Testament salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk about all of that, and we have covered much of that. In Ruth chapter number 1, just to recap, a famine came to Bethlehem, Judah. A man named Elimelech took his family to Moab. What he did is he uprooted from the will of God and went to the world. Now, why did he do that? He did that to try to find relief. He did that to try to find instant gratification. He was trying to escape pressure and in doing that, he abandoned principle. And let me challenge your heart and mind. It is never right to do wrong, to get a chance to do right. And you and I need to live not by feeling, but by faith in God. It is principle, not emotion, that ought to make our decision. And we find as we read the story that Elimelech dies out of God's will. His two boys, they die eventually out of God's will. His wife, Naomi, is now left a widow and also a grieving mother, destitute and bankrupt with two daughter-in-laws who are Moabitess women, girls that should never have been married, yoked up to a child of God. These girls have to make a decision. 
Naomi is determined to go back to Bethlehem, Judah, because God has again visited his people and given them bread. And as she goes, she turns to Orpah, she turns to Ruth and says, you girls stay here and there's nothing for you back in Bethlehem, just stay. And you know the story, Orpah kissed and went back, but Ruth claved to her mother-in-law and they go back to Bethlehem, Judah together. Now when these ladies get back to Bethlehem, they have nothing. They have no bank account, they have no income, uh, they have no inheritance, they are, like I said a moment ago, bankrupt and they are destitute. Because of that, Ruth goes out into the field to basically beg for bread. I think about what it says in the book of Psalms, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. But here's Ruth. Ruth goes out into a field, and let's pick up our reading in chapter 2 and see what the Bible says. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. So we are introduced to this man who is going to turn Ruth's life around. He is going to take the brokenness and bring a blessing out of it. He's going to take the emptiness and fill it up. He's going to take those that are outcast and welcome them in. But Ruth has no idea who Boaz is. She's just going out on this day to try to make the ends meet. Verse 2, And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And here's a great phrase. And her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. In verse number two, it tells us that Ruth, being a virtuous woman, as the scripture says, an industrious girl, is not content to sit there in the house and collect a welfare check, get a free phone and a block of cheese from the government. <laughs> she gets up and says, let me go see what I can do. I've got strength in my body. I've got some smarts in my mind. I've got the wherewithal to go out and work, so let me work. And let me call time out there and plug having a work ethic even in this generation. I understand that the government is trying to get everybody to be dependent instead of independent. I understand that they're trying to get us to live from their hand to our mouth instead of working with our own hands. But the Bible says that if a man will not work, he ought not eat. He's worse than an infidel if he won't provide for his own house. And I, I know some of these government programs and assistance, it's probably helpful and necessary. And in the right cases with the right people, I'm sure it is a blessing. But there is nothing godly nor righteous or right about an able-bodied man who will sit in his parents' house halfway through his life, just collect a check from the government, leech off of his family members, and won't get out there and work. Well, I'll say amen, even if you won't. But anyway, she gets off the couch and goes to the field. Now, it does not say that it is Boaz's field because in this instance, she doesn't know whose field it is. All she knows is she's going out to glean. And she says, I'm going to go and I'm hoping I'll find grace in the sight of whoever it is that owns that 
field. Isn't it amazing? She knows not where she's going, but she sure knows what she needs. She said, I know what I need. I need grace. And can I say you and I need the same thing every step of life's journey. Every breath we breathe, we're breathing in grace. Every time we exhale, we're blowing out grace. Every step we take, <laughs> I'm about to show, we're walking in grace. Every time our eyes see, we're viewing grace. Every time we hear something, the tune is grace. It is by grace. It is only grace and God's grace alone that sustains us and keeps us going. And she said, I'm looking for grace. And that's what a broken person needs. That's what a destitute person needs. That's what somebody who's empty needs. They need the grace of God. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And watch the Bible. Her hap, verse 3, was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz. Now that word hap was, well, she just happened to get in Boaz's field. But neighbor, I'll say there are no mistakes with God. God doesn't work by happenstance. God works by providence. And what might look like pieces falling together out of nowhere to man is God perfectly orchestrating all things together for his good, your good, and his glory in our life. And we can see, even though she doesn't know, God is directing her steps and guiding her path and leading her right to where she needs to be so that she can get what she needs from the man that can give it to her. You might not remember the day you got saved. You probably do. If you got saved, you ought to know about it. I was there when it happened, so I guess I ought to know. But you know what? I didn't think about it. I, I, as I drove to that church that God was directing my steps, as I got up that morning that God was directing my steps, as I sat in that pew that God was directing my steps, but looking back on that journey now, you can see how God's hand was in it, God's finger was on it, God's will was being accomplished as He directed what looked like, well, I just happened to be there that day, was really God behind the scenes directing me by His providence, and thank God for that amazing grace that got me in. Well, that's all the time that we have for the broadcast today. Make sure you join us next week. We'll continue our study in Ruth chapter 2. And until then, pray with me for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.